The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. God committed to us, you know, to work in the countries of Eurasia. And I believe God is shaking the place, bringing a huge revival so that millions of people in the post-Soviet states will come into faith with Him. not just Americans who are dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic and not just Americans who are looking for spiritual answers to the suffering. Coming up now on First Person, we're going to talk with Sergei Rakuba about what he sees happening in Eurasia. I'm Wayne Shepard, and this is First Person. Thank you for joining us now. These are very unusual days of concern. But before we hear from today's guest, please visit febc.org to learn more about what the Far East Broadcasting Company is doing to reach out in Christ's name with comfort and compassion. Learn how to pray more specifically and effectively for the world. Visit febc.org. My friend Sergei Rakuba is president of Mission Eurasia, a ministry I'm privileged to serve as a board member for. Reaching deep into the countries of the former Soviet Union, Mission Eurasia has been working for years to train young professional leaders to serve the churches of Eurasia through evangelism and discipleship. The School Without Walls program has raised up an army of young people who are now filling the gap and meeting the challenges of the COVID era. Sergey and I spoke on Skype the other day, and I asked him what he's learning from his staff and volunteers. Wayne, I'm in constant contact with uh, our coordinators and with our uh, center, in, uh, which is based in Kyiv, Ukraine, and uh, definitely with all the other 14 countries where we have staff and where we work, uh, uh, where we were able to mobilize our entire network uh, through all these young leaders. You know, it took us a couple of days so that they are now mobilizing churches, you know, to find the pandemic, but mostly becoming the centers uh, where they distribute the message of hope, you know, to their communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we uh, hear all different news, you know, from all different countries, uh, you know, all different governments in the countries of Eurasia. They take different measures uh, fighting this pandemic. Uh, Ukraine, we see that there is a more proactive, you know, when Russia is more uh, kind of uh, reserved and conservative in terms of uh, communicating on what's happening uh, uh, within the country there. Central Asian countries, you know, we see that the wave is just coming and they predict uh, a pretty hard hit, you know, so the governments are taking very hard measures Mm. on uh, restrictions and this uh, uh, personal isolation, quarantining basically every single group, you know, to to stay home. Mm -hmm. Do you think that these countries are in any way underreporting? We're not getting a lot of news out of Eurasia about how it's affecting these countries. Do you think they're underreporting and maybe the the, uh, big wave is yet to come? Uh, they are underreporting some countries like Belarus. Uh, they basically send the message that they are ignoring the world uh, message uh, of this. And the president, as of two days ago, he had the national address and basically called that the psycho wave, you know, so that people uh, got kind of into this tsunami. But uh, in reality, it's not happening and announced the uh, food soccer game, you know, where he was present himself. Hmm. And uh, uh, so 
basically kind of ignoring and saying this happened before, this will happen before, you cannot shut down the country. And uh, so kind of, you know, ignoring all the precautions mm-hmm. and sending the message. When in Russia, you know, so they take a totally different measure. Now they're restricting people from leaving their homes, you know, for even essential needs, unless they have a special permission from the government. Uh, so they uh, force people to upload the special app where government gives a permission and tracks when people leave their houses, where they go, who they connect with, and through this QR code, you know, so they are directing this. These measures were taken in Moscow, St. Petersburg, and they are planning, you know, larger cities. Uh, So we don't hear much uh, uh, or we don't hear about more cases in these countries because we believe that they're simply underreporting because they don't have tests Mm -hmm. uh, to uh, to offer to people. But we also hear lots of sad news. So using this opportunity, some, uh, uh, I shouldn't say <laughs> honest, uh, uh, national news channels. So they blame especially national church that is connected with foreign uh, connections. And like a place in uh, uh, Bryansk yesterday, there was an attempt to burn the church oh because the national news, they reported that Protestants they specially label that just Protestants, every uh-huh. denomination, they are on purpose contaminating, you know, oh, so the population. I'm sorry to hear that. Wow. That's the reality, you know. So the feeling of anxiety, fear, of course, you know, people leaning to churches. But again, you know, so the government needs to take a lot more uh, stronger leadership, you know, mm-hmm. and all those countries, as we believe. Yeah. So. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of countries specifically. You mentioned Mission Eurasia Field Ministries is headquartered in Kiev and Ukraine. Ukraine, of course, eastern Ukraine, is still a battleground. I mean, there's there's nothing uh, short of trench warfare going on in eastern Ukraine, which harkens all the way back to World War One. the type of warfare, just kind of a stalemate, isn't it? Yes, Wayne. Uh, Ukraine is, uh, is a hub for so many ministries because... Ukraine has became more open than other countries in the former Soviet Union's Union after Soviet Union collapsed, you know, and how so many uh, mission organizations and the church growth is a tremendous uh, after the Soviet regime fell uh, in, uh, in the former Soviet Union. But since the recent war uh, with Russia, uh, this coronavirus uh, has not uh, impacted that any. So Ukraine gets hit by so different directions. Yeah, it's a double you whammy, know, so, so to speak, right? It, yeah. it is, yeah. So, And that's already spread in the army, but they still have to uh, defend the front lines because the war has not slowed down. Can you imagine that? Yeah. And uh, so that's uh, where we offer lots of uh, spiritual counseling support through working with lots of uh, uh, Christian chaplains, evangelical uh, chaplains in that area. But also Ukraine hit economically tremendously, mm. uh, struggling because of the uh, uh, distressed economy, because of the war, uh, and with all this coronavirus, just think, you know, so about 500,000 Ukrainians, they worked abroad uh, before this all started kind of uh, happening. Mm-hmm. And all of them, they decided to come back home. And you can imagine, you know, so that nobody has any idea how many infected right. uh, cases, you know, are there. They are bringing, you know, coming back from Spain, Italy, uh, Poland. And uh, so there are huge crowds, you know, at the borders. 
and the government is struggling how to figure out to develop a strategy in a crippled economy, healthcare system, you know, that has never recovered after Soviet Union collapsed mm -hmm. from that socialized, uh, centralized uh, uh, medicine. And uh, so that's that brings quite a bit of... Uh, uh, the feeling of so that uh, Ukraine is hit most yeah. uh, than than other countries. Well, Ukraine was already in a weakened state economically in every other way. And then when you have the coronavirus on top of that, I mean, our economy has taken a terrible hit as well where we live. But uh, it's it's just extra hard on these folks. Yeah. Um, but the good news from Ukraine, so that the church is so strong there in the midst of all of this church becomes the center of like a lighthouse, you know, of uh, uh, in in the midst of storm, and the churches, you know, so taking the leadership role in communities. That's where pastors, young leaders, especially through this young professional leaders initiative, this young professional leaders we've mobilized, they're trained through all our networks. Mm. They they are on the front lines, you know, the young doctors. They're not just doctors; they are becoming pastors, counselors, and preachers in one person, you know, right there when they're meeting people. <laughs> All in one, yeah. Let, yeah. Let's take a moment to talk about that, because for years, Mission Eurasia has been investing in this young generation, young professionals, and you just wonder if the Lord wasn't preparing them for a time such as this. I mean, here now that they are equipped and know how to share their faith, now they're moving into the marketplace of health care and economics and you know, legal, every teaching, all these arenas, these young professionals are, are answering this coronavirus pandemic with with the gospel. Yeah. Yes, Wayne, you know, so, and we're so grateful God has given us that strategy uh, uh, years ago, you know, to focus on the young generation, to prepare the next generation of leaders for ministries so that they will be flexible uh, mobile, enthusiastic, they are prepared with their skills and uh, this gifted young courageous. Uh, so for the time like this, and especially with young professionals, uh, uh, Mission Eurasia, we focused working with quite few partnering organizations on mobilizing this army of young Christian professional leaders for the ministries. So when the pandemic uh, hit, this young doctors, young Christian teachers, young Christian lawyers, business people that, you know, got cut off, you know, of all the funding from abroad, you know, and all these partnerships they had, but they have a knowledge now and passion to fund ministries in their communities. So seeing this young Christian professionals taking that baton, taking the leadership uh, in this, in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of the storm, I'm so grateful. And this is not just Mission Eurasia. You know, God has given us a vision. You know, we've developed this. We modeled that, implemented that, working with the dozens of other mission organizations that partner with us, like Samaritan's Purse. You know, so they provide resources that we use to train this young Christian professional uh, professionals or young uh, Christian doctors. Now, we've developed, we borrowed resources. Uh, training resources from Samaritan's first and now adapting so this young Christian doctors on the front lines there of the pandemic were using to fight uh, this to fight this uh, uh, virus and the young Christian businessmen we see how responsive they are now uh, you know it's kind of expected to see so that in the poor country with a crippled economy we would expect somebody else will come 
But when the whole world is in the flames, this young Christian businessmen, they respond and they want uh, sacrificially hmm. giving and uh, uh, sharing their resources yeah. now, supporting these ministries in their communities, helping the church to bring the message of hope uh, in the midst of this uh, storm. So they're not looking for a handout from us. They, they just want the resources to be able to do it themselves. And uh, we're so grateful God has given us vision, given us resources, and this partnership that we were able to put together and focus on training and preparing these young Christian professionals. And little did we know that we'll be perfectly positioned in a time like this to become God's messengers on the front lines of this fight against, uh, of course, life's threat, but also, you know, be a spiritual leaders and the light uh, houses of hope in the midst of that uh, storm in their countries. In a moment, Sergei Rakuba will tell us about a prayer guide and app that's reaching millions of people with comfort. Stay tuned. I so enjoyed listening to the message that FEBC shared on the internet recently, although I cannot attend church or any meetings during this epidemic. I am finding peace and learning so much through your programs. Praise the Lord. FEBC is dedicated to taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. To learn more, please visit febc.org. That's febc.org. The Far East Broadcasting Company, until all have heard. My guest is Sergey Rakuba, who is president of Mission Eurasia. We have much to talk about in the remaining few minutes here, Sergey, and we'll talk about an exciting way that uh, your organization, in collaboration with other ministries, are putting together uh, a prayer guide, which is going to be so very helpful. But I want to talk about a couple of other countries, or at least one other, if we ha- as we have time. We talked about Ukraine, and we've mentioned Russia in passing. I understand Moldova has been particularly hard hit as well. Can you say anything about what's going on there? Uh, Moldova is uh, as the poorest in the former Soviet Union countries, you know, squeezed between Ukraine, uh, Russia, Romania, uh, in that region there. And uh, unfortunately, you know, so that uh, the economy of Moldova left the country in a not being prepared uh, for a time like this. And uh, of course, uh, you know, so that had lots of uh, 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 Moldovan population worked uh, outside of their country when the pandemic hit. Many of them, they started coming back home. But country's healthcare, country's economy, was not prepared yeah. to face this. Yeah, they can't absorb all that, can they? Right. And uh, unfortunately, you know, so that's uh, uh, another center we are, where they expect, you know, so the way will probably will go higher before it starts flattening. And so, but the church is prepared. That's what's exciting to see, Wayne. In a countries like this, the church becomes the center of uh, uh, ministries, you know, the, uh, the community centers where uh, people are leaning uh, toward them. Of course, they cannot gather together, but uh, uh, how quickly they got remobilized all their volunteer resources mm. that every church member, more or less active, young leaders, you know, so they use all possible opportunities uh, to minister to people uh, in their communities. Great stories are coming out of all this, and it just points to the fact that in the midst of a crisis like this, God is giving opportunities for believers to step up and be the church and be salt and light, even though we are somewhat curtailed in, in many ways, we can still be salt and light in this world. I want to talk specifically about what's going on with the development of a prayer guide. 
why did you decide strategically to uh, to focus on a prayer guide uh, during the coronavirus? We already had experiences from uh, some uh, uh, local crises uh, there in the area around during the war uh, in Ukraine. Lots of people while were calling on to uh, get help, you know, how to pray. Uh, and so we printed then a limited number of uh, so-called Malitva Slow, it's a prayer guide in the Russian language known as an ancient uh, collection of specially designed prayers. And uh, within the Orthodox culture, which is Russia, Ukraine, other former Soviet Union countries mm-hmm. adopted, this is such a well-known word. So uh, when this crisis hit, of course, people are not prepared. They're looking for spiritual uh, support. We started getting messages from all our regional uh, coordinators. They say people are asking for two things, for scripture and help, how we can teach them how to pray mm-hmm. in the midst of all this crisis. And so that's when we came up with this idea and we thought, and we uh, pulled some resources and uh, uh, working with a group of pastors uh, uh, and our think tank uh, leaders mm-hmm. uh, in uh, within Mission Eurasia put together that prayer guide. We call it Malitva Slow. It's available in uh, two different languages, now Russian, Ukrainian. Uh, we're in the process. It's been printed, you know, a million copies uh, uh, in a printed form will be available. A million copies. A million copies, you know, for all the churches, individual leaders to distribute, you know, when they have any contact and helping, you know, their neighbors and their communities, their groups. Uh, and we're shipping that to churches in Russia and Ukraine. Also, we are making plans to develop this in other languages uh, in Eurasia. But in addition to that, so the idea came. And uh, so when we already printed the first batch of this uh, Malitva Slov, uh, so that some young people came to us and they say, you got to have it on uh, 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 available online as well. Hmm. And since, uh, uh, you know, lots of people are looking for special help, very concrete, you know, so how, help them uh, uh, to learn how to turn to God, how mm-hmm. to pray to God. Mm-hmm. We developed a special uh, prayer guide app called Malitva Slov, that is now, which is now available in three languages, Russian, Ukrainian. English, lots of young people like to learn how to pray and uh, talk to God, as they say, in English. You know, mm-hmm. So uh, this app leads to a wealth of discipling and counseling materials on the website we developed with our partner mm-hmm. organization from Canada, uh, Sherwood Global, or former Gideons of International of Canada. And there are about 75 pages of discipling materials mm-hmm. helping people to co- uh, cope with their uh, fear, anxiety, uh, how to uh, come closer to God. But in addition to that, that app offers contact information for all evangelical churches oh, in good, Russia, good. in Ukraine. So it connects people to the local church. It connects to the local church. It connects people to universal church and connects to the Christian family. And that's uh, that's exciting to see how it, that. Uh, in the midst of pandemic, you know, so this crisis, when people are driven by, uh, if they're not connected with the community and Christian community by fear and anxiety, so people are turning to God, and uh, we're using this technology, uh, so uh, uh, encouraging people uh, to pray, to confess their sins, to invite uh, Jesus into their hearts, 
And we believe that in the midst of this crisis, the huge revival is taking place now in all those countries where these young Christian leaders are working, uh, offering um, uh, their uh, ministries. Uh, I'm so happy to hear how you've responded uh, with the prayer guide and in many other practical ways as well. I know that there's lots of ministry going on in these countries from the not only our staff, but the many, many volunteers that have been raised up through Mission Eurasia and collaboration with other Christian ministries. Um, and it's a little too soon. The app is so new that we don't have any uh, statistics on that at this point or for the printed piece, the prayer guide. But uh, soon we'll have some of that. And uh, I'm sure you'll have those results on your website. So we'll look yeah, forward absolutely. to hearing that. Yeah. The father of our founder, Peter Dynecker Sr., who first came to this country, he was in his search for a better life. He was searching for the ground where he could start building his uh, life and his family. And he found Christ here in Chicago. But his first thing he started, his life motto, started building on this uh, slogan that is so well known through the Russian evangelical world now. He was calling people on to pray. And his slogan was, much prayer, much power. I remember hearing him say that years and years ago, much prayer, much power. So this is all coming to all of this. His favorite uh, scripture verse, you know, when he was leading any any uh, training sessions, you know, his favorite verse in scripture was, uh, that's Jeremiah 33, 3, that prompted us to make this available to the public now, contemporary uh, community uh, in the homeland of Peter Dynaka Sr., Peter Dynaka Jr., mm. but with the same with the same uh, uh, slogan. Mm. So much prayer, much power. Well, Sergey, as we wrap up here, would, why don't you share that verse with us? I think it would mean a lot to hear this verse from Jeremiah. Uh, I would I would be happy to do this, Wayne, but let me do this first in Russian. I know there are lots of Russian people. Okay. ко мне, и я отвечу тебе. Покажу тебе великое и недоступное, чего ты не знаешь. So now in English, you know, Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. In the midst of this term, you know, God is still offering us an opportunity. We come to him, we call on to him, and he will show us the great things. We cannot even comprehend yet how he will bless us. And we believe we will come through this storm. We will come out of this more renewed and with a lot more new opportunities to continue spreading the gospel and leading those nations. God committed to us, you know, to work so that lots of people, millions of people in the post-Soviet states will come into faith with him. What a great perspective as we face the challenges of living with the coronavirus, a perspective that applies not only to the countries of Eurasia, but to all of us listening. My guest has been Sergei Rakuba, president of Mission Eurasia, formerly known as Peter Dynica Russian Ministries. To learn more about Mission Eurasia and its School Without Walls program, which is bearing much fruit in this season of crisis, please visit our website, firstpersoninterview.com, for the links. There's also information there about the prayer guide that Sergey mentioned, which both in print as well as an app will reach millions of souls looking for comfort and answers. I also encourage you to check out febc.org for reports of what the Far East Broadcasting Company is doing to minister to millions of listeners in many countries, febc.org. 
Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time for First Person. 